So you want to be a podcaster. Our mission is to encourage and equip you for excellence in podcasting. I am Andrew Rappaport, the host of The Rap Report and Apologetics Live and the executive director of the Christian Podcast Community. And I am Colleen Sharp, host of Theology Gals and chief administrator of the Christian Podcast Community. So today we're going to get into the big topic that most people realize when they get into podcasting, they got to deal with equipment. What do I need to get started? We're going to talk about microphones, mixers, headphones, and external recorders. That's what we have coming up for you today. We're going to start with microphones. Now, I'm going to start with the microphone that I started with, and I gave up because I went with Colleen's microphone. So I started with an AT2020. It's a great quality mic. I started with the USB version because I didn't have a mixer. And so I just plugged it into my computer. It is excellent quality, not a huge price. It's about $150, but there was a problem. When I upgraded and got myself a mixer, I had to get a whole new microphone. I had to get the AT2020 XLR. What's the difference with a USB and an XLR? USB is going to be plugged right into your computer. You're probably familiar with the USB ports on your computer. The XLR is going to be that three-pronged plug that you'll see going into a mixing board that gets used. And so when I upgraded my equipment, I had to go get a new microphone. But Colleen, you didn't have to do that with your microphone. So what is it you used for your podcast? So when we started out, we started with what is a pretty popular microphone, at least that I've seen when pe with people starting out, which was the Blue Snowball. And it's kind of a big circular <laughs> sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, one day, my Blue Snowball didn't work anymore. But Ashley, my first co-host, she was given a Blue Yeti. And we'll talk about Blue Yetis in a minute. And then I ended up getting a good deal on a another microphone, you know, that wasn't ended up being not that great. That's why I got a good deal on it. And then I ended up with the ATR2100 because I joined some podcasting groups. Should have done that right when I got started, but I didn't. And when I joined some podcasting groups, everyone was saying for an inexpensive mic, this is the best one out there. I was about to buy a, a Blue Yeti for myself and I found out for half the price, even less than half the price, I could get an even better quality mic. Now, I find that the ATR2100, the one that you use, is just as good as my AT2020. But there's an important difference between them. And I just, for when I go on the road, I just picked up three ATR2100s, the ones you use, because the advantage it has is you can do both USB and XLR in one microphone. In fact, it also has a jack for you to plug a headphones in if you want to hear right from the microphone. I think you should explain what you meant, what you meant by that when you said that uh, you can do the USB, that the different options that the, the 2100 has, because some people might not know what you mean by that. Yes, and so... Basically, what it is, is on the back of this microphone, you can plug the USB into your computer, which is how I started. And most people start when you want to go inexpensively, the, the ATR2100, it's about $60. 
you want to add a pop filter or a windsock or something on it, maybe a, a stand for it. But the microphone itself with a basic stand is going to be about $60. You can plug that right into your computer with the USB. If you later upgrade to where you get a mixing board and now you need the XLR connector, don't worry. If you have the ATR2100, you can use the same microphone and you just use a different connection in the back. And the nice thing about this is you don't have to do what I did when I upgraded to the XLR. I had to buy a whole new microphone. You don't have to do that when you have the ATR2100. So if you're starting out, our recommendation is to get the ATR2100 because it gives you great quality and is expandable as you start to grow. When you want to add a mixer in and start bringing in sounds from your computer maybe or bringing in um, interviews, things like that, you don't have to go get a new mic, you just get the mixer. I had to get both a mic and a mic. You know, I wanted to mention too about the ATR2100 is there are people that even use it for recording music. So if you're a musician and you're thinking, you know, I want a beginning microphone that I can use for podcasting, but also recording some of my music, it's a great option. And yeah. in fact, uh, my two of my children are musicians and they use it for that. And one of my children is a professional gamer and he uses it for his gaming even. So multi-purpose mic. You know, I was thinking of using it for, for doing some vocals and singing, but something told me you'd be running away if I did that. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, little fun fact here for our audience. I was a music major with an emphasis in voice. And I was, I sang backup when I would sing, everyone would back up. Back up. <laughs> so, I, I now use a, a more expensive mic. I use the Shure SM7B. Now, that's going to be a little bit more expensive of a mic. I have been adding equipment throughout time, just getting better equipment as I was doing more podcasting. The Shure is a great mic. Basically, I picked that mic because I realized every radio station that I was in where I got interviewed... Every time I'd go in, this is the mic that they all had. And I've been in many radio stations on the air. And I just said, well, good enough for a radio station must be good enough for me. But it's like a $400 mic. So that's not something you want to jump into and invest in right away. You know, Colleen, there is one that you mentioned that a lot of people start off with. And it's not really so good, is it? So, you know, when I, when I got started with podcasting, I knew nothing. And I, you know, I'm still learning. Andrew's really the, the brains behind a lot of the podcasting stuff. But a lot of people, when I was looking for a new mic and I asked a couple of people, they said, get the blue Yeti. And at that point it was like $150 or something. And I wasn't really prepared to spend that yet. And I wasn't ever really very happy with it. My my co-host had it. And so when we decided, I will say if you have a co-host, you really want both of you to have the same mic if possible, or at least something similar. And so when we were looking and I was thinking, should I get a Blue Yeti? And I'm in these podcasting groups and everyone's saying, no, don't get a Blue Yeti. Well, you know, the Blue, there's a reason for this. And it's not that the Blue Yeti is necessarily a bad microphone. 
it's it's just most people don't use it properly okay you have to understand that this is an omnidirectional microphone this is going to be picking up everything around you and so with that you have to know that every little sound you have is going to be picked up if you're okay with that that's fine there's some people that what they try to do is they they want to have one microphone that sits in the middle of two people that are talking and they're going to use the one to pick up both people. That's fine if, if you have a room that is really, really, really quiet. But if you're going to try typing or you're going to tap on a desk or you're going to do anything, this microphone will pick it up. Now, some may say, oh, you're, you know, so many people use the Blue Yeti. It's a very popular microphone and a lot of people recommend it. Well, why don't we go to some experts, Colleen? I first want to bring in Todd. Todd is the owner of Blueberry, where we're hosted with. Todd, what do you think about the Blue Yeti? Uh, I, will, I will say this. Uh, friends don't let friends use Yeti Yetis, okay? <laughs> uh, please, please, please. If you're going to do a show with two or three people, um, don't use a Yeti and try to get two or three people around it to talk. Please buy something else. That's my only sure. recommendation. <laughs> okay. So he says friends shouldn't let friends Yeti. <laughs> He's not alone though. You know, David Jackson from the School of Podcasting has similar information about the Blue Yeti. If you use a Blue Yeti, the Blue Yeti is not a horrible microphone. It's not a horrible choice. You just have to make sure you're using it properly. My whole thing is by the time you buy the Blue Yeti and the Blue Yeti stand and the Blue Yeti pop filter, you could buy three microphones for half that price. You could get a Samson QI2, Q2U, excuse me, the Samson Q2U and get a windscreen over it. And I think it actually comes with a windscreen now. And holy cow, but everybody loves to talk about the Blue Yeti. And I'm here to say, not a horrible microphone, but you have to put it on the setting that looks like either a butt or a heart. Take your pick. So when someone says it's not a terrible microphone, <laughs> they're kind of saying it is not a good choice. And I don't recommend it. I don't recommend the Blue Yeti only for this reason. It will pick everything up. And you're going to do a lot of editing to try to get some of that out of there. So it is much better if you have, if you're on a low budget and that's all you can do is one and you got to get you and your co-host, then make sure you're in a room that is going to have some absorption. It could be your closet, by the way. Have clothes around you. Have something around you to absorb the sound if you're going to do that and make sure you're not typing on a keyboard, typing notes, nothing because it, it will pick it all up. So if you want really good quality, the Blue Yeti is not necessarily a bad microphone if you use it correctly. But if it's just you, don't get a Blue Yeti. Go for a much better quality in the ATR2100, and you'll get not only the quality, but you can then migrate to an XLR later if you want. Let me tell you one thing. If you're somebody who's using a Blue Yeti now and you go and order the ATR2100, my co-host, the big thing that she had to learn when we switched microphones is that now she had to put her mouth a lot closer. So the Blue Yeti does pick up from much further away. But that also is why it picks up lots of background noises. And so if you switch, you have to have your mouth really up close on the ATR 2100. 
you know, one of the things that I had found when I was with someone at a conference and they had a bunch of microphones, Blue Yeti set up, what ended up happening is as you were not speaking, as someone else was speaking, your microphone was trying to pick up noise around you and it actually was picking up a background hum. And so we had found in, at least I witnessed this the one time, is that where there were several Blue Yetis, it was not good because it was trying to pick up that noise from further away. Being close to your microphone is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you have to get used to it. So when we look at microphones, our recommendation, the ATR2100, it is going to be the best quality, lowest cost, and be versatile. Now, best quality meaning for the lower price range. Um, So if you're starting out, ATR2100 is a great microphone. Let's talk about mixers. If you're starting out with a mixer, we end up recommending uh, the um, the Q802 USB. It's um, This one is a four-channel. You can do two XLR, and then you can plug in two other channels. And when we talk about channels, if you're not familiar with mixers, Every input is a channel. Now, you would be able to do as I do. I have my microphone as an XLR, and then I bring in the sound from my computer into my mixing board. And that's what allows me to play clips like this. Uh, I, will, I will say this. Uh, friends don't let friends use Yeti. <laughs> Yetis, okay? If you use a Blue Yeti... So I can play that from my computer because I'm using a mixing board. So I have the microphone coming in on one channel and I have my mixer coming in on another. Now I end up having the output go to something we're going to talk about in a bit, which is an external recorder. But you may want to have something that's playing from your computer. If you want to do that, you're going to need to get a mixer. There are some software mixers that you can use. They're usually not as good, but if you want to get a basic, a small mixer, we recommend the Q802 USB. And we'll have this in the show notes. But what you end up with that is it's not very large, but it gives you enough. I mean, if you have four inputs, I only use two of the four inputs, one from the computer, one from the microphone. That's all that I need. When you're starting out, that's enough. When you get to where you have maybe two or three co-hosts and a computer you need, maybe you want to move to something else. We're going to talk about something when it comes to external recording, but it doesn't quite fit perfectly under external recording because it's also a mixer of sorts. And that's the Rodecaster Pro is a sort of, it's designed for podcasters. This is your mixer, external recorder, soundboard, and everything. So we'll mention that a little bit later. But I just want to mention, when we, if we talk about mixers, that's another option. It's just a little bit more expensive. The Q802 USB, it's about $70 on Amazon. So just so you have an idea, you can get the ATR2100 microphone that starts just that, your computer, use Audacity. Audacity is free software. So you can get Audacity. It's It works on both Windows and it works on Mac. So if you have either one, you could just start off with that. Now you have a a $60, $70 investment. You want to upgrade, you go to a mixer so you can play your computer. That's another $70 investment. Now your ATR2100, because it's both USB and XLR, hey, it works fine with your mixer as well. 
Now, Colleen, you don't use a mixer yet, do you? I do not. And one thing that you'll probably learn, like on episodes such as this, is Andrew is really the technical mind when it comes to podcasting. When I started, I I couldn't have told you what Audacity was or any how to edit a podcast. And so for me, this has been a very big learning experience, recording and editing and everything that goes into a podcast. And when it comes to the technical stuff, the computer stuff, Andrew is the one who really knows the most about this. I've learned so much from reading, from listening to podcasts like School of Podcasting and Audacity to Podcast and talking to other podcasters, but I don't have the knowledge that Andrew does. So before you start podcasting, you thought Audacity was a movie put out by Living Waters? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> So uh, there is a movie called Audacity. It's put out by Living Waters. It deals with the topic of homosexuality. And that's probably what you were thinking of when I first mentioned Audacity. <laughs> so let's move on to headphones. Are they necessary? Do you, do you use headphones when you do your recording, Colleen? I do. So for me, so my son who does gaming and he's recording you know, himself talking, people might not know how that works, but what they'll do is they'll record themselves playing a game and they'll talk while they're playing the game and they'll have often other people speaking with them. And he likes those big headphones that go over both ears. Well, I have hearing loss in one of my ears and I cannot stand it having sound coming in both ears in something like headphones because one of them is much louder than the other for me. So I prefer to use earbuds that go just in to want my good ear. Now, one thing that I have found, and it's not such an issue when we used, or when my co-host used Blue Yeti, she absolutely had to use headphones because otherwise the sound coming out of the computer was picked up by her Blue Yeti. So sometimes if you do not use earbuds, just depending on what your setup is, you can get an echo. So you might have to play around with that and see how that works because you, I can get away with now not using, you know, not, not using any earbuds, but I hear better if I can have earbuds in my, just my good ear. Now, I use headphones when I'm doing the recording of the rap report, but I typically don't when I'm doing my Apologetics live show because that's a more of a video podcast. And with the Shure microphone that I have, you're not getting that echo. I used to get it once in a while with my AT2020. It has a, a knob on there that you can change the condenser on there but I could control that a little bit. However, when I want to get that really good quality, when I'm doing the Apologetics Live, that's a show where everyone's coming in and, and the quality is not going to be as good and people realize that because you have people coming in, guests coming in and asking questions. And that's going to happen. Now, I don't need to have it because I don't get the echo. However, when I, if you're going to have a microphone that picks things up, you want to use headphones to avoid that, whether it be earbuds or whether it be over the ear. One of the reasons I like when we're recording this to have my headphones on is my headphones are plugged into my mixing board and I'm hearing the levels that are coming out from both my computer, which is where I'm hearing Colleen, 
It's also from my microphone. So I get to hear how it's being recorded. That could be important, especially if you don't have any way to check levels. And so you want to make sure that the levels of you and your co-host are good, are, are close. And if you have a co-host, that is. So you want to be able to, to do that. There are times where it's needed, like when you have an echo. Let's talk about one last thing, and that is an external recorder. Now, we've talked about microphones. We've talked about mixers. We've talked about headphones. This is the last piece of hardware that we are recommending. Do you need to use an external recorder? What we end up having with the Zoom, I end up going to the Zoom because what I want to do is get the best quality, okay? If you want to get good quality from your sound for your podcast, the best way to do it is if you have a co-host, both of you at both ends want to record. So I have out of my mixer, it goes into this device called a Zoom H6. Now that's an expensive one, but you can get a cheaper one for the H5, or you can go to plenty of others that are much more, you can get a good hardware uh, external recorder for about $100. The thing that you're doing with that is it's a, a backup. I know someone that I did an interview with. They interviewed me. They were recording to Audacity, which I'll mention in a bit. That's some software. They were recording to Audacity. We got done with the interview. They hit stop and they lost it all. Everything was gone. The software failed. It crashed and the entire interview was gone. We had to redo the whole thing. Now, I don't have that problem anymore. Why? Because I'm recording to my Zoom H6. I record to that so that I always have a hard copy of everything. It's being recorded to a SD card as we're recording right now. It's recording there. And so when I get done, I will have my side of the conversation and Colleen's side of this, of this podcast on my Zoom. Colleen will have hers on her side. So what do we want to do? When we do the editing, it is going to be take my side of my conversation, her side of her conversation, and put them together. That gives you the best quality. When you do something, we're going to talk about a different Zoom. Now, we're talking hardware Zoom. There's also a Zoom that's software for meetings. A lot of people use that. When you use something that's in the cloud, you see something that's online, you have to remember that when you're doing that, you're going to get less quality. So if you can record right to something, some external hardware, some external hardware on your computer or tied from your either microphone or mixing board, that's going to give you the best quality. So that becomes really good if you have a co-host. Both of you record at, your, at each end. And there's a lot of different products that you can do, use for external recording. It's going to come into how are you using it. I, have, I got the H6 because I do a lot of travel. I do podcasting when I'm at conferences where I'm speaking. I get invited into to travel and speak. Well, when I'm at a conference, the Zoom H6 becomes a very easy de device for me to use where I can start recording podcasts. I was just down in Atlanta not too long ago. I was able to take my H6, hook up four microphones to it, and bring in a bunch of people, and we could start recording right there. It has a battery backup, and it writes to an SD card. So I didn't need, where I was, I didn't have electricity, so I didn't need it. I had my batteries in there, had some, you know, some spare batteries, always good to carry them, but 
I could just use that. It's very small, so it doesn't take a lot of room, and I'm able to travel with it. So it depends how you're going to do recording. If you're going to have a podcast where you're traveling, well, you're going to want to get something like the Zoom H6 or H5 where you can plug some microphones into it. It acts as somewhat of a mixer because you have some gain on each microphone, but you have a little bit of control over it. The nice thing about the H6 is you can set it up. It has a, a graphical menu and things. You can actually see the levels of how you're doing in your audio quality with each microphone. It will also handle phantom power. If you don't know what it is, don't worry about it, but some microphones need phantom power. You can also set that with a hardware device like this. So why is it important? The importance of that is if you have a co-host like Colleen and I, it's, it's good to record each side separately. It's also good to just have the backup. I've had situations even recently where one of the recordings didn't work. And so it is good to have that backup. My co-host, co-host and I, we record now, both of us record on our computers, but then we also record on Zoom. So if something happens to one, we have the backup. And Zoom, while not as great as both recording ourselves, is a, is a great option and it is what we use with when we have guests. So, okay, you're using Zoom and we're, now we're, this gets confusing because there's Zoom and there's Zoom. They're both. <laughs> right. So, so w- there is software that we're using. We're, we, Colleen and I use this right now, zoom.us. I guess they have different, if you're in a Canada, it's probably zoom.ca. But the thing is, is that is software that allows you to do meetings. So if you look up meeting software for Zoom, what that allows you to do is have a meeting. Now, for folks that want to use that, that is free for up to two people. If you have two people, you can use it for free, unlimited time. So if you have more than two people, it's a 40-minute limit. So if you only have you and your co-host, you can use Zoom for free, unlimited time. But if you're going to add a third person, say you're going to do an interview, you have to know that Zoom is going to limit you to 40 minutes unless you pay for it. Do you want to pay that monthly fee? Well, that's going to depend on your podcast, whether you need that. But Zoom is not going to give you as good a quality as Colleen just said to compare to a hardware recording. Zoom will allow you to record it. One of the nice things about Zoom When you record your audio, you can do audio and video, but when you record the audio and you're done, and I'll give you this trip tip, if it's the first time you're using Zoom, because the first time I didn't know what was happening, you actually have to end the meeting. When you end the meeting, it converts the audio and video. I was waiting to see what was going to happen when I hit stop, and I was like, what's it doing? Why is it not showing me where the audio is? So... What ends up happening is when you get done with the meeting, it then converts it. Nice thing, this Zoom software that we use here will set a track for Colleen, a track for me, and a combined track. So if we needed to edit out by tracks, we could do that, or we could just take the one that's a combination. So sometimes you might want to have separate tracks because maybe your co-host is coughing. You know, who knows? But Whatever it is, you may want to be able to just play one audio. So what we do is we have the hardware. So we'll play, when I'm speaking, we're playing my side of the hardware recording. When Colleen speaks, we play her side of 
the soft of the hardware recording. But if you don't have the hardware, Zoom becomes a good alternative. Google Hangouts work. They're just not going to give you great quality. Zoom will give you a little bit better quality. People say, well, I got to do interviews. Should I use Skype? Well, Skype is good, but sometimes Skype has some problems where you get echo or you're going to have to do what's called a mix minus. In other words, when you're using Skype and you're playing that back, the person you're speaking to on Skype is hearing themselves through your computer. And so there often what you need is a mixing board where you will plug in the computer to what's called a mix minus so that you can turn the recording of them off so they're not hearing themselves come back through the computer. That's how a mix minus works. If you don't want to do that or deal with any of that, then get something like a Zoom. And I already mentioned, but I'm going to mention again, one other piece of software and it's free. It's called Audacity. Why do I recommend Audacity? Well, it's because it works on both Mac, it works on Windows, and it is something that has a lot of plugins. You can add to this quite a bit. So that's some software you can get. So Colleen, there's some other software you use that uh, for some of your audio levels to balance things out and condense things? Yeah, so there's something called Ophonic, and what that does is if Sometimes with the recordings that I do and my co-host does, she'll sound a lot louder. I think it's partly just because I have a quieter voice. And even with with you and me, you know, you you have, I think, a little bit, your voice carries a little more. I'm a little quieter. So if you have a situation like that, what Ophonic does is it evens those out. So your audio levels are the same. And it also removes some background noise. So it can be helpful for that too. Folks, did Colleen just say that I have a big mouth? Is that, I think that's how I heard that. She said I'm a loud mouth. Wow. <laughs> I do have a voice that carries. Uh, <laughs> I have been out in public where I've had the police called on me for amplifying. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> But, but folks, so here's the thing, microphone, when we talk about equipment, hardware, software, we talk about first microphones, we recommend if you're starting out, get the ATR 2100 because it is a good quality, low cost, and has both USB and XLR. If you want to expand and get yourself a mixer, we're recommending the Q802 USB. You should f find good headphones just to prevent any echo, but those could be whatever quality you would and whatever suits you best. If you want to get some good quality audio, get an external recorder. You can get something like the H6 or H5 from Zoom. And there's one thing that I didn't mention, and that is the, or I mentioned it briefly, and that is the Rodecaster Pro. This is a new device put out by Rode. I'm going to be using that starting probably next week. So I'm going to do a review of that. But that is kind of being the one podcast equipment for all. It costs about, yikes, $600. You may not want to invest that right off the bat. That's a lot. But it is a good device if you're going to be on the road. Like I mentioned with how I use my Zoom H6, it does hardware recording. It has a mixing board. It has actually a soundboard that you can use your computer to program in different sounds. So if you have your intro, your outro, maybe some commercials, whatever you want, 
you can put those in there. So that becomes a really neat tool. They're trying to create that to be the one tool that you'd need to get for all your hardware podcasting because it would actually cover everything we talked about. You can plug four microphones in and the nice thing that you can't do with my Zoom H6, you can plug four headsets in. So every person you're interviewing has their own headset. That's a nice feature. So this has a lot of features. I've heard a lot of good things about it. One thing that people were saying against it was that it only recorded into one track. You couldn't do multi-track. Well, we now know that they're coming out with a uh, new firmware update. They're going to allow for multi-track. So this is a tool that I'm really looking forward to, but we're probably going to go into that in a later episode. Um, And we're going to go into more details on each of these with the mixers and uh, microphones, all those things. We're going to have future podcasts. We're going to go into more detail. But if you're getting started, we recommend ATR2100. Use the USB. Go right to your computer. Use Audacity and do your recording. If you're going to expand, you can get a mixer, the the Q802 USB. That's a good mixer to get started. You can, if you want to expand further and get your hardware well, at this point, you may want to make the decision. Do we go to a Podcaster Pro from Rode, the Rodecaster Pro, or do you want to go to uh, a Zoom H6? You have to decide. When we talk about software, just to wrap up, many people use things like Mixler or Google Hangouts to get started. Those are some, well, at least Google Hangouts is a free option. Mixler is something where it does a software mixer, and it costs, I think, about $10 a month. But then you can use something like Zoom, which again, if you're only having two people, that might be a good option and no cost. And then we mentioned Audacity. The thing with Audacity is you want to have Audacity because that's where you're going to do all your audio editing. When you're done recording, Audacity is a quick way of doing your editing. So those are some things that you want to get as far as equipment. Colleen, anything you want to add to that? One thing I did want to add, if you are learning something like Audacity or GarageBand and you don't have somebody in your life that can help you learn how to edit, I highly recommend going on YouTube, looking up editing videos for Audacity or GarageBand, and there's so many different videos, even if you're trying to learn to do something very specific, like remove background noise on Audacity, and it will teach you, it'll give you a video that will show you how to do whatever it is that you need to do on those editing programs. And you know, if you're you're kind of computer literate, I use that, what you just mentioned, reducing the background noise. I was at a conference, there was a lot of noise, and I just went and never used it before. Let me try. And it just says, okay, grab a sample. So I grabbed the sample of the background noise. It then said, okay, it applied that everywhere, got rid of that, and it sounded much better. So that is what we have for you with equipment. On the next episode, be looking forward to hearing us talk about logos and intros and outros.